In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. August 15th is celebrated in the church as the day that Mary, the mother of Jesus, died. It is called the falling asleep or dormition of Mary. And there is an ancient and essentially universal tradition that after her death, Mary was brought up to heaven in her body, a sort of anticipation of the resurrection of all believers at the end of time. This feast day was absent from the original Book of Common Prayer, but has been restored in many places in the Anglican world in the last 150 years. The omission of the falling asleep of Mary was a reaction to medieval abuses and excesses with regard to the saints in particular, and, uh, or saints in general, Mary in particular. Things like indulgences and the doctrine of merits, which held that the saints had excess merits that could be applied to our accounts if we made a particular kind of contribution. The historical reaction to the medieval excesses has often caused Protestantism to overlook or minimize the significance of the greatest woman who has ever lived. As Mary's cousin Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, said, blessed are you among women. I once heard someone object to Marian devotion by saying that Mary was just an ordinary woman from the city of Nazareth. And this comment actually provides food for a deeper meditation on the significance of Mary. For it is paradoxically both true and untrue in ways that illustrate how Mary epitomizes both the gospel and the church. On the one hand, Mary was, by all accounts, a rather normal, albeit very devout woman from the city of Nazareth. On the other hand, the one woman in all human history chosen by God to bear his son cannot be called ordinary or normal by any reasonable mind. This juxtaposition of ordinary, humble faithfulness with God's choice is precisely the point. God chooses ordinary but faithful people. Ordinary faithfulness is the thing that is most lacking in the world. In our time, even people of faith want to be visible, successful, have an impact, change the world. But God still chooses those who will simply say with Mary, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. When God chose one woman in all history to bear his son, he did not look for someone in a royal palace or a person of wealth and influence or someone with pedigree and academic credentials. He chose an unknown but faithful woman from a small and somewhat disreputable town. He chose her because of her faith. Faith that is willing to do whatever God says to do, no matter what the consequences, is what makes ordinary people great. In the biblical narrative, 
Mary's faith is the answer to Eve and her unbelief. Her, that is, Mary's faithful response to the angel Gabriel answers Eve's unfaithful response to a different fallen angel. And by her faith and faithfulness, Mary transformed the biblical image of woman away from the weak, gullible, seductive temptress into the strong, faithful, beautiful woman clothed with the sun. And Mary is the pattern for every Christian. Mary said yes to God and Christ was conceived by the Holy Ghost in her womb. In baptism, through faith, we say yes to God and we become Christ bearers. The life of Christ is born in us. As Christ grew in the womb of Mary, so this life of Christ grows within us. It will continue to grow until, as Ephesians says, we all come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Mary exemplifies two aspects of authentic faith. First, faith trusts God and obeys God, even when trusting God doesn't make any sense. Mary did not understand the message of Gabriel in the Annunciation or the shepherd's visit to Christmas or the apparent disobedience of her son at the Passover when he was 12. But as St. Luke tells us, quote, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She kept trusting God and following God, believing that God's purposes would be made clear over time. Second, Mary exemplifies our sharing in the cross of Jesus. As Simeon prophesied to her, quote, a sword shall pierce through your own soul also. The other disciples fled on Monday Thursday, but Mary followed Jesus to the cross, and she is the model for our Good Friday devotion. In the words of our Good Friday hymn, quote, At the cross, her station keeping, stood the mournful mother weeping, <clears throat> where he hung the dying Lord. For her soul of joy bereaved, bowed with anguish, deeply grieved, felt the sharp and piercing sword. When we do not understand what God is doing, Mary teaches us to trust God, to do what he says, and to ponder these things in our heart until we do. When we are called to suffer for our faith, Mary teaches us to embrace our share of the cross, to stay with Jesus through the difficult times and not run away. Mary's faith disconcerts the modern world really the world in all ages. Mary's faith is complete surrender to God. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your will. But we live in an activist world, a world of self-determination, where we want to say, 
I did it my way. In the world, people express their strong beliefs in contentious arguments and violent protests. In the structures of the world, submission is understood to be weakness. <clears throat> but Mary shows that true faith, true submission to God, is an expression of great strength. True submission is never compelled. It is always freely given. Mary was able to say no, but she chose freely to say yes. Willing submission to God requires a deep and risk-taking trust, a trust that God will be faithful to his word and to his promises despite all of the visible evidence to the contrary. Trust that God is able to make all things work together for good for those who love God, who are the called or the chosen according to his purposes. Such trust requires that we let go of our need for any particular temporal result or reward. For as long as we need something from this world or in this world, we cannot let go and trust God. This kind of faith is hard. It takes a lifetime of practice to develop. Mary is the model we aspire towards. While we pray with the man in Mark 9.24, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. The opposite of submission is rebellion. Rather than submit to God's word and will and faith, we are tempted, like Adam and Eve, to do it our own way. We protest and argue and fight because we all think we have a better plan, and we each insist that my plan must win the day. We insist on our plans because we lack trust in God. We don't think God is doing it the right way, so we grab control. But since my plan is different from your plan, which is different from everyone else's plan, the result is chaos. The only answer to rebellion, to the chaos and to the anxiety it brings to fallen man, is surrender to the will of God, faith. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, let it be to me according to thy word. Today we celebrate the falling asleep of Mary and the consequent belief that Mary was taken up to be with God in the place of highest honor. Revelation describes an image we associate with Mary, quote, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of 12 stars. And this means that Mary's faith and trust in God was vindicated. The humble woman from Nazareth who believed and trusted God became the mother of God and the woman clothed with the sun. Today we celebrate Mary's faith 
but also God's faithfulness. Mary epitomizes the church. She teaches us that all who say yes to God, all who continue to trust and obey God through the puzzling times, all who will pick up their cross and follow Jesus will participate in the glory of this woman. As 2 Corinthians says, quote, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And thus we continue to practice and grow into the faith of Mary. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, let it be to me according to thy word. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.